Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Okay, pause and think about this question. Do you see your kids as parasites or do you see them as like the flowers and the bees? Let's keep calm and mother on. Mothering is way too important to do alone and way too serious to be serious all the time. My name is Christy Thomas, and I am here shoulder to shoulder with you, mothering and enjoying life together. This is the podcast where you can focus on being mindful and taking a deep breath with me and learning new things so you can pause and savor the amazing life you already have. Today's guest is Dr. Morgan Cutlett. She has a PhD in psychology, and she's a highly sought-after relationship expert. What I love about her is that she knows what it's like to lose yourself in motherhood, and she's determined to make it better for those coming behind her. When I found her book, Love Your Kids Without Losing Yourself, and then got to read an advanced copy and see all the notes in the back. I was so excited that someone with a PhD was able to talk about this and give so many references and make it feel credible for people who feel alone, but also feel like, am I making this up? And you're not, okay? You don't have to lose yourself to motherhood. Throughout her career, she has helped hundreds of thousands of people worldwide learn how to form and maintain healthy relationships, including the relationship with yourself. Dr. Morgan has recently been on Good Morning America. She's been on Teen Vogue, The New York Times, Women's Health, Mops, all sorts of things. I can't wait for you to listen and feel inspired and know that you have to have her book it comes out on September 19th. Today, we get to have an amazing conversation with Dr. Morgan Cutlip. Welcome, Morgan. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. I am so excited. Your book comes out really soon, or maybe it's already out by the time people listen to this. It's called Love Yourself with Love Your Kids Without Losing Yourself. That's right. <laughs> yes. Love Your Kids Without Losing Yourself. And that is a huge, um, I, like, I wonder if it's going to stop people in their tracks when they read your title. Yeah. I mean, it, I just think it gets right to the core of what us moms really desire, uh -huh. which is that we want to be the best moms possible. We want to, you know, especially the millennial generation and younger generations who are so invested in being good parents. But at the same time, you know, moms specifically are really struggling in motherhood. So we want to be good parents, but like, 
also we kind of want to feel good we do we want to like go to bed feeling like we were a good mom yes like you're not going to lay in bed and replay the day's events and beat yourself up over them so i hope it stops people in their tracks because um it's hitting to a core just desire that we that we hold in our hearts Absolutely. So, and you talk about that there are three main things that trip up a mom in terms of not allowing herself to love, love her own life. So what are the hurdles that moms face? Yeah. So I start, um, so it's chapter one. I lay out three core conflicts that moms face that make motherhood feel really hard. And the reason why I do this is because I'm this, I'm a really big believer in, um, defining, defining invisible experiences that feel challenging. I feel like when we put words and definition to tough experiences, it empowers us to do something about it. And I think a lot of times in motherhood, we're contending with this stuff that feels really hard, but we have no language for it, no definition around it. So we're just like, eh, it's hard. You know, we're not really, <laughs> we're not, I was like, what do you do about it? So, uh, I outlined three conflicts. They all begin with I, so hopefully they're <laughs> memorable. Um, and the first is identity and the conflict is my needs versus the needs of everyone and everything else. And I think this is really, um, a thread that runs throughout the book. Yeah. Which is that, um, as women in general and moms specifically, we are sort of raised up with this belief, whether it's from our own upbringing, right. um, society structures that we need to self-sacrifice for the preservation of our relationships. And, um, you know, the thing is, is early in motherhood, we do need to, right? Like, we really do. We got to keep babies, babies alive. percent dependent, right? Like, yeah, yeah there yeah. is a time where like, yeah, you have to. Where it's required. And I think it's it's a beautiful thing and a quality that I think women have uh-huh. is that how we really are the nurturers and the glue in our relationship. So early on, we've got to do it. We've got to keep these humans yeah. alive. But when we stay in that place of suppressing our needs mm-hmm. for the sake of our relationships too long, I'm talking like four years, five years, we yeah. sort of, you know, get into toddlerhood and a little bit beyond and we're like, whoa, I don't even know what I need anymore. Yeah. I know I feel yucky. I don't know what moves the needle. Yeah. And I, I talk to moms all the time who are in this place. So that's the first one. Um, the second one is idealization. So this is um, what I imagine motherhood would be like versus what my reality is. That's and a really big one. It's huge and it covers a lot of different areas, but I think one in particular that's really important is um, thinking about the mom you thought you would be or now becomes the mom I should be. And a lot of us don't unpack that statement, mm-hmm. but um, I like to explain it as, you know, from the moment we're born, we're learning how to be moms. We are learning from how we were mothered or cared for, depending on who our caregivers were. We're learning from, you know, what we consume, the the structures that we exist in in society. We're learning what it means to be a mother. And it just lives in us. Like it's, it's this, it's in our, in our soul, in our body, but we don't really know it exists until we become moms and it manifests itself in the form of expectations that we hold ourselves to. And so all of a sudden it's like, why do I feel like I'm constantly falling short? Why do I feel guilty for this? Why do I feel like I should be doing this and I'm not doing this? And we feel kind of crappy. Yeah, a lot it's of times a lot of, of yes. to-do lists that I don't even know where they came from. 
Yes, these standards that uh-huh. become really unrealistic. And so uh, I like to say that when our expectations or our ideals um, are really far from our reality, that gap between is where guilt and shame and feelings of falling short creep in. And so that's the second conflict that a lot of us are are contending with in motherhood. Yeah. And then um, the third is intensity. So it's, uh, <laughs> what did I say, identity, ideals, intensity. And that's, um, it's important to be the perfect parent versus my parenting is good enough. And, uh, you know, I think we could talk for endless amount of time on this uh-huh. one, but you know, the, the thing is, is that we're parenting now with such intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, we are really almost like this heightened awareness of the fragility of our children. We yeah. all sort of, I'm, I'm generalizing big time here, but I think a lot of people will relate with this worry that mm-hmm. that one misstep will forever mess up our children. Well, yeah. I mean, there's those jokes online, right? Like don't save for college, save for the therapy fund. Yes. Yeah, we're all because, you know, millennial generation, when you look at the research, we spend uh-huh. the most amount of money on um, self-help <laughs> and self-improvement. Yeah, yeah. We're, really, yeah <laughs> we're super invested. And I think it's a great thing. Yeah. But um, it's gone really far with our kids. And I think it's created this almost hyper vigilance in our parenting experience where we're sort of tense. We're walking on eggshells. We're really like we're really trying to get it perfect. Yeah. And um, that's also unrealistic and <laughs> also sets us up to experience a lot more struggle and burnout and in, in the parenting process. Yeah, because when you're trying for perfect, you don't get to model how to make mistakes either. Like our kids yeah. miss out so much on if we set the bar so high. And I say this speaking as a I have a 17 year old and a 15 year old <laughs> and I'm realizing how much they've absorbed. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I need to make more mistakes in front of you. So yes. when your mistakes come up, you know a different way to respond. Totally. I mean, I've heard from some people before they've said my, my, it felt like my mom was perfect or my parents were perfect. And now I'm a perfect. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can't get it right. You know, it's too, too good, you know, and now you set them up with these high expectations. Right. But, but I think you're right. Like we really, um, it's important for us to model how to repair with our kids, how to recover from a mistake, how to how to carry yourself when you make a mistake and, and to um, move through that process, uh, too, which becomes really powerful. And I I like to say to parents, you know, we can have the best of intentions yeah. going into parenthood, but we cannot control the interpretation of what we do uh, by our children. This is so there's powerful. A, there's a difference there between intent and interpretation. And so uh, I know I interpreted things from my childhood that was not the intention of my parents. <laughs> and so I've had to work through that, right? And and um, restructure it or change it or talk to them about it. And so all of our kids are going to leave childhood with some interpretation right. that doesn't get our And that's just right. the human experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is yeah. way normal compared to like no one can have that perfect experience. Yes, exactly. exactly. Excellent. So why, how did we become such hyper focused on parenting? Like I kind of wish that we were in the jello salad days again of like <laughs> martinis at the door. Um, <laughs> Jello salad. You just brought back all these memories for yeah. me. Like growing up in the Midwest, you were judged on your Jello salad. 
It's true. Wasn't there something like ambrosia that had marshmallows oh, in it yeah. or something a like that? A good Midwest like, salad does not involve any vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the Midwest, so I know. I, you know, I'm not sure exactly how we got here. I have, I have suspicions. I think that, uh, I think, you know, part of it could be our generation coming out of divorce, divorce yeah. culture, which I think really shifted the way that we approach parenting. When we look at the research on millennial parents, it's almost as if parenting has moved central and even things like partnering and our partner relationships have sort of moved to the back burner. And we're so like, we, you know, oh, we had this pain. We had this struggle um, of watching our own parents yeah. go through divorce or go through heartache that we want to really do things differently. It, with our children. It's not necessarily translating as much to our partnerships, yeah. in, in my opinion, but it really with our children. And so um, when you look at the research even on it, it almost suggests that we almost like define ourselves through our kids, which can become a little bit of a dangerous place. That's a tricky uh, to, spot. It's <laughs> a tricky spot. So I think part of it is coming coming from the divorce culture and just having this heightened awareness of really wanting to do things differently. I think to, you know, the... Social media, I know it's the cliche, but, but it's I do truthful, think, but it's just truthful, which is that, and it's on multiple levels. I think one level is this comparison piece, mm-hmm. which is there's always somebody who's, you know, has it more together, has more money, <laughs> is more beautiful, has seemingly better behaved children, has a prettier yeah. house. Like there's endless content to compare yourself to, to feel like you're just not getting it right. Yeah. And then I think there's this other thing which has been newer, which is this uprise in the Instagram and social media experts. And yep. I realize I fall into that camp. I mean, yeah, I think having a podcast kind of puts me in that spot for some people too, even though that absolutely. was accidental, right? Like, <laughs> absolutely. But there's, but, but we're all pumping out information, uh-huh. which can be like this information overload. And so I think that parents are, really wanting to get it right. So they seek out this information Mm -hmm. and a lot of the information starts to contradict. It starts to get overwhelming. So confusing. Yeah. It's confusing. And it's presented sometimes without factoring, well, all the time, really, without factoring your personal life context. Right. And so it can, like I think about our daughter. So our daughter is 10. That's my oldest. Her name's Effie. And um, when she was born, I, I wasn't on social media, but I read a lot of blogs and then eventually, you know, I moved to books. Yeah. And then um, eventually social media rolled around when she was a bit older. But she started tantrums, ooh, really intense tantrums when she was around probably 14, 15 months. And this was not I was like, who is this child? I did not expect this. And all the information I was consuming at the time and podcasts, I did podcasts, yeah. was a lot of name it to tame it. Yeah. With, with, uh, Effie, if you named it, she, I mean, I would say, say you named, you, you named it and you inflamed it, but she just got more intense. <laughs> yeah. She would come at me. It would aggravate her and irritate her. And so it left me feeling like something's either wrong with me or something's wrong with my child or something's wrong with the both of us. And had you studied I, psychology at that point? Like, let's yes, hear your background. That's, yeah. That's the crazy part. <laughs> I have my doctorate in psychology. I have a master's in human development and family science, but they don't teach you how to handle a tantrum. There's no class on that. Yeah. class on that. And so, you know, a lot of the people out there who are sharing information, they didn't necessarily, maybe some of them have taken trainings and things since, but like, 
getting your doctorate in psychology, there's not a, a parenting 101 class here. Yeah. So we're all figuring it out too. And I, I think that that my experience is, is a pretty normal experience, which yeah. is moms and parents are left wondering, oh, there's all this stuff. I'm not quite doing uh-huh. it right. You know, what's wrong with us? And I think too, I, um, I saw all the back to school stuff. There was one post that talked about doing these affirmations with your kids every yeah. morning. I was like, I'm just trying to get out the door on time. <laughs> I can do it. So I think there's also all these suggestions yeah. that are beautiful, but can leave you feeling like, well, oh, yeah. you're not doing enough. Well, as we talked in the pre-interview here, right? Like my husband's active duty military. I've parented most of the time with him underwater without being able to communicate. And so yeah. my capacity to do yeah. some of these things, right? Like I have to know what I can actually handle. And so please, when you're looking online, just know what's true for you. This is a really important part of your book. Yes. Yeah, you have to know yourself really well. That's one of the steps in my book is know deeply. And part of the reason you need to know yourself deeply is because then you can care for yourself in ways that actually matter. We're not all the same. There's individual differences. Our capacity, like you said, uh, d- is different from person to person. And so I realize it's almost a common sense statement, know yourself well. <laughs> but I think that we often don't know yeah. ourselves very well and we lose touch really easily yeah, with ourselves and motherhood. I think it's common sense because um, it feels like we it should be easy to know yourself. Like mm-hmm. it feels simple to say, but it's really hard to do. It is. And I think even in the surface exchanges, this uh-huh. com- becomes really apparent. Like, have you ever had that experience where somebody's like, oh, hey, how are you? And you're like, I'm good. I'm good. And they're like, no, 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 no. How are you? And I think a lot of us are like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how I am. I haven't really tuned in to myself in the last five years. Right. We're just, we have such momentum that we move through life with that we often sort of leave ourselves in the dust. Well, yeah. And just early on in motherhood, I remember leaving like my physical needs in the dust too. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like my kids could eat, but would I remember to eat or <laughs> remembering to go to the bathroom? Like potty training someone made you super aware of how other people have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I've held my pee for Matt, like ridiculous amounts of time in early Feels like you don't have time. Well, yeah, or you the had the experience like I did, maybe where you finally went to the bathroom and that's when the sharpie broke out, or like scissors. Totally, totally. <laughs> You're like, yeah, why? I, I think we're really good at suppressing our physical needs mm-hmm. on on different dimensions. I mean, I I know. I think back to my earlyhood, early motherhood, and I just existed with chronic back pain. Uh, and didn't do anything about it. And I think a lot of us live with these aches and pains and we chalk them up to normal experiences in yeah. motherhood. Oh, from carrying the baby. Yeah. Oh, you know, just getting older or, oh, carrying that extra yeah. weight around my tummy. Like all of these things. Turns out I have like all these gut issues that oh, just gosh. were getting worse and worse over the years that were making my back hurt. And so, you know, as moms, we need to get really good at tuning in and listening to our bodies because they're talking to us regularly they're speaking to us our bodies are well-intentioned they're constantly trying to regulate to make things you know keep things in place hold us together move us towards better health and we often are working against them but um it's important for us to really to to pay attention to that stuff too and i 
there is no way a mom <laughs> would be approached by their son or daughter and, you know, told that they have a stomach ache and us be like, we'll get to you in two years. Like, we <laughs> no, just wouldn't do not that. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Right. So that's like the big premise of your book is that motherhood doesn't have to rob you. That motherhood can be something that's expansive. It doesn't have to be parasitic. It's actually not supposed to be like it's a, a beautiful relationship between you and a child. And it benefits both of you if you can mm-hmm. let yourself show up for it. Yes. Yeah. I have a whole chapter that tries to sort of provide a case for care because I think as moms, it's a really hard selling point to tell Uh us that we need to care for ourselves. We're sick of hearing that. We feel like it's not going to move the needle. It's not going to make a difference. And so I I do this whole outline of why it's important. And one of the points is what you're saying is that our relationship with our kids is mutually beneficial. Um, There is, you know, scientific evidence in terms of our physical health that supports this and how um, fetal cells. This is not my research, so I'm speaking broadly, but how fetal cells um, actually live within our bodies and repair tissues. And and there's um, research where the fetal cells have repaired heart damage spontaneously, which is crazy because we think of our kids sort of as parasites, which is a terrible label. For <laughs> we do, especially during pregnancy, right? Yeah. Like, and breastfeeding. Oh, gosh. You know, if yeah. you choose to. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I, I think it's it's a mindset shift that's really important for a couple of reasons. I think it helps us just have a better attitude about yeah. motherhood. I think all of us can think of at least one occasion and probably many more where a child has triggered something in us that is actually shedding light on something that we need to change and we need to Mm -hmm. work on and we need to grow. And I think that's one sort of defining characteristic of a healthy relationship is that it provides a safe structure for both people to become better than they would be on their own. And so I think it's really important that we expand our understanding of what motherhood is actually like and how we benefit too. It doesn't just take more than it gives. Um, We get something too. And I think the other piece is that we have to understand that is because um, if we're all weary and withered away, then we actually aren't going to um, grow like we're supposed to in motherhood. And we're not going to be able to foster the same growth in our children because we're not we're not standing strong and resilient. Yeah. And you talked about this was one of my favorite parts in your book is um, the mother trees and how this yeah. isn't just something that's a, like a human thing. Like there's yeah. nature and science that lets us know that we're supposed to take care of each other well. That was one of my favorite parts to write. I, so my husband is not, is not gone as much as yours, but he travels just about every single week. And so, um, it adds up. The, the, it, oh, it adds up. And I, you know, I, I'm a kind of a loner. So in some ways it's like kind of okay. Yeah. But, um, so I do watch a lot of TV by myself. <laughs> and so this part is I watched this documentary. I think it's called Intelligent Trees. But it talks about how there's this whole network under, like, in, a, in the woods, there's this whole network where all of these trees uh, are communicating through their root systems and some other systems, That's which amazing. I can never pronounce the word properly. Yeah. Myco- I'm not like some f- sort of fungus, right? It's a type of fungus. Yeah. yeah. They call it the wood wide web, which okay. I think is hilarious. It's hilarious. Um, and, and basically, 
what they do is when a tree is struggling, they can communicate with one another and they can send nutrients to that tree to help it survive. And so this is how, you know, we forests uh, really survive and how they flourish. Uh, but the cool part about this documentary is that the strongest, oldest, sturdiest, most resilient trees are called mother trees. And these are the ones that are really the most important for the health of the forest and that whole network is that they are feeding these other trees. And if they, if anything happens to a mother tree in the forest, it disrupts the entire system. And I think it's just so similar to what it's like for us as moms in that we, you know, and unfortunately so many of us are not strong and resilient right now. Yeah. We're weak and weary and exhausted and hungry probably. And so Yeah, I mean so many a of us self report burnout and like yes. we're tr- striving for these really unrealistic things. Yes, and we're missing it because when we are not cared for, we are we are not able to show up in our relationships that are most important to us in the ways that we really want to. So it becomes counterproductive. So part of your book talks about this really cool relationship attachment model that your dad made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was so really he, neat. Thanks. He um he developed this model in the late 80s, early 90s. And since I always feel like I have to say this, so people aren't like, okay, you're just, you know, you and your dad chatting in the <laughs> chat, chatting, sitting around, writing stuff on napkins. But, um, he, it's been researched since yeah. by different universities and in textbooks and, and it's the foundation of all of our relationship education courses. And basically what it is, is it's a model of relationships and it can, it works for any relationship partner child parent um friendship coworker relationship yeah. um and part of the reason why it's really helpful it's one of the premises of my book is that you have to mother yourself like you mother your kids um i also say go mom yourself yes <laughs> and basically it means you have to manage your relationship with yourself and i think that sounds good in theory and but it's like what the heck does that even mean what manage your relationship well, what is because that and early so on in motherhood right like i'm so attuned to my kids needs for so long that mm-hmm. like i don't even know what my favorite things are anymore right like how many totally. times have you gotten into the car and like the kids cd is playing and you're like oh <laughs> i guess i should turn on the radio and hear what the new music is yeah what do i even like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's such a relatable experience. And I, I, you know, I think what I want moms to know is that in this book, when I say manage your relationship yeah. with yourself, the, the relationship attachment model is the relationship that you're managing. Yeah. So it really takes something that sort of airy fairy and it makes uh-huh. it really practical and realistic. So it's like, here's a picture of a relationship. Exactly. Five connections that make up a relationship. These are the things that you kind of do your, you do your self check-in or self-assessment through these five areas and make adjustments. So the core of the book walks moms through those five areas. Yeah. And I think one of the most important areas that I loved in the book is the, um, can I rely on myself and can I rely on others? Like, am I making myself a commitment to follow through? Mm, yeah. So that, so that's the chapter on, um, commit. So that chapter is called commit wisely. So there's yeah. five steps and, uh, it covers a lot. And I, you know, that commitment has different qualities and one yeah. of them is, uh, promise. And if you think about your romantic relationship, if you're married, you've made a, your commitment is a promise that you make, but we make promises to ourselves. Um, another factor of commitment is actually it's our willpower. 
Um, it's our like persevering spirit, how we push through even when we don't want to. Also, you can see that in your romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. So there's all sorts of overlap here. But uh, when we regularly break promises to ourselves, it actually wears down our willpower, willpower because it disrupts our self-concept. If you think, yeah. you know, I have this promise, I'm going to follow through. You break the promise and you're like, oh, of course, I can't stick with anything. And then it starts to erode your yeah. self-concept, which affects your your willpower. And your willpower is that, you talked about it early on, that capacity, um, that energy that we take into every day. And moms need as much energy as possible. And so the five areas of a relationship, uh, as you work through them, they start to sort of uh, all integrate and overlap and work together. So you kind of see how everything starts to connect. I love it. Um, so is there anything else that you want a mom to know before she picks up your book? I want her to know that it's easy to do. I, I think, you know, one of the biggest hangups for moms is, I think, well, probably two things. One, is it really going to make a difference? And two, I don't really have any time. Right. So like if I'm already burnt out and burning the yeah. candle. And, I'm at yeah. capacity. Now you want me to do another thing? And <laughs> right. I, I, I want moms to know that uh, it's easy to do. The self-check-in, that is the main takeaway of the book you can do in the amount of time it takes for you to slice a peanut butter and jelly. Oh, totally. I mean, it's so fast. You can go pee, two birds, one stone, <laughs> and do your self-check-in. And so, in fact, really I was thinking easy. of hanging up the graphic of that audio slider in my bathroom yes. so my kids could see it, right? Because this is yes. something that needs to be talked about sooner. Absolutely. And you can think about this slider and I hope moms um, start to like as they digest the material in the book, will start to kind of uh-huh. use it, the, the RAM to apply to their other relationships. But think about start thinking about it and how you connect to each one of your children. Yeah. How in the know are we? How am I doing in my opinion of them? You know, how are we meeting each other's needs? All of these things. And it will help you manage that relationship. But I think the other thing I want moms to know is that it's practical. So I will take you <laughs> through deep dive yeah. on each of those areas so we can get an actual rich understanding of yeah. what's going on here and what it means. But then I always bring them out and give practical, tangible solutions. And so it's quick and easy. It's practical and it will make shifts. And I think there are shifts you can make. Not I think I know there are right. shifts you can make that don't require anybody else. Mm -hmm. You can do it on your own as you're making lunch or you're getting dressed for the day. You can make some of these shifts that will start to really have a major impact in your life. I think so too. And I've read the book and then I've listened to the audio sample you have for the pre-order. And so both are like really easy to digest too. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm hoping it's a fun read. Yeah. (laughs) Tell a lot of stories. You do. Like there are stories in there. I'm like, oh yeah, that's relatable. Like she has her PhD in this, but she's also (laughs) had the toddler meltdown trying to buckle kids into the car. Oh gosh, so many. I know I always, I've tried to think about a content piece around this, but it's like skills I wish I had going into motherhood. And I, the one I wish I had was to be an alligator wrestler. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's what it felt like to uh, try to get Effie in her car seat. Yeah. It's, it's awful sometimes. It's, it's so just terrible. Awful. <laughs> like it's the best of life and the worst of life in the same exact oh. moment. It's so true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how are, I know your book really focuses on unpacking self-care and getting away from like the surface level of self-care of just going to the gym and getting your hair and nails done. But how are you actually taking care of yourself in this moment while you're juggling a book launch and (laughs) homeschooling some kids and living a busy family life? 
I'm doing, I mean, I, I'm pushing it really hard right now. So I think that I went into this with a mindset of I'm going to burn out. And I think that this is also a principle that I talk about in my book, which is that there are certain seasons or circumstances in life that are going to just throw you out of whack. So try to normalize the experience of you're going to get out of balance. You're going (laughs) to lose yourself. Sometimes you're going to burn out sometimes, but how do you get, how do you get back? So I'm going into my burnout with my eyes wide open. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to crash and burn. And I know what I need to do when I'm there to recover. And I think another thing through the process is I've, I call almost like micro dosing my care, which is what I I don't use that word in the book, but that's really a lot of what talked about too, is making these small adjustments. And so I carve out little pockets of time to do things that I know actually move the needle Mm -hmm. for me because I know myself well. And so whether that's, um, sometimes it's just cranking on some music and and kind of listening or dancing. Sometimes it's putting it all away and just soaking in my kids. Sometimes it's, you know, having a good, (laughs) I mean, that's so realistic. Um, Yeah. Just microdosing, and I think one of the hardest, and I talk about this in chapter five, has been, you know, my self-concept through this. It's a vulnerable process launching mm-hmm. a book, and so regularly adjusting the way I'm thinking about myself, I yeah. think it's been one of the most powerful things I've done through this process. Yeah, because your success isn't dependent on your kid's success. You're already amazing right. as a human. It's That's just right. lucky you get to be a mom. So true. <laughs> well, how are you having fun as a family? Uh, we um, we have put a pool in. That was like a big gift yeah. that we did for our family. And so uh, we have spent a lot of time swimming uh, this summer, which has been such a blessing and so much fun and nice to not have to go anywhere to wear the kids out. Uh-huh. So I've been really grateful for that. Um, we, I don't know. We're always having fun. We've been playing a lot of baseball. We do family Yay. baseball games every Sunday. Uh, went to the movies recently. So just, just togetherness. Oh, so have you heard of Mr. Bean? Maybe. Is that okay, the old so, British guy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the old, you're like the old British guy. Yeah. yeah, I know. You didn't expect this answer. So my husband and I met in high school. We, we didn't date that whole time, but we met in high school and dated yeah. for uh, three years or so. And, uh, I was, we were super into Mr. Bean, who is, if you don't know who he is, he's like a British comedian who doesn't even speak right. and he does these bits. And it was a huge part of our relationship. And our kids are old that enough. It's totally a throwback thing. It's hilarious. And, and it's, clean and it's you know it's uh-huh. innocent and it's so funny and so like not that overstimulating which is yeah. really cool but we have been on this kick where we have been watching bean as a family and it has just been such a riot so i highly recommend oh i'm totally <laughs> putting that in my back pocket <laughs> so fun <laughs> oh thank you for reminding me of mr bean <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> Probably what people remember most about this discussion. <laughs> oh, Mr. Bean. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Morgan. I'm so glad and thankful that you are here on Earth at the same time. Like, it's so oh, mathematically mind-blowing to me that we get to have this conversation. And you have always been exactly the right mom for your kids. Oh, thank you for saying that. That's such a cool way to think about it. And I really appreciate you having me here today. I hope that that filled up your cup so that it's filled to overflow so you can just love everyone in your life as much as you love yourself because you are wonderful. I am so glad you are here on earth. You are amazing just the way you are. 
I like you just the way you are. I hope you feel that and I hope that it carries over into everything you do and to everyone you love. Have a great day. Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.